Attention students, the Jabroni University Network is now in session. Please make your way to class. Okay, our guest this week is uh, somebody that was uh, uh, brought up to me more than once saying, uh, get this dude on the show. You got to talk to him. You got to talk to him. And it just so happens I wanted to anyway. Uh, his band Oscar Bait, their new record is out on Little Elephant. And uh, you guys are familiar with Oscar Bait. You're familiar with him. Jim Howes, how are you? Welcome to Why Do We Ever Meet? Uh, I'm doing great, Wes. Thanks for having me, man. Of course, dude. Of course. So, What's interesting is you and I are from the same area. That is that is a fact. We are we are Northwest Ohioans. Yep, four one nine for life. <laughs> That's 419 right. Until I fucking die. <laughs> That's right, man. Um, I, I find that like, you know, like you, you go to you go to a bigger city or you go to certain areas where people are really loyal to their area, and it's not that we're not loyal to the nwo here but everyone it's it's a very ohio or midwest thing to just be like yes it's whatever it's yeah and you know what i feel like that honestly like i'm so glad you brought that up off jump because like i've been thinking a lot about that lately so i'm sort of uh i consider myself midwestern by coastal which means i i'm i'm erie and michigan that is like i split my time between um the 419 in Chicago. Yeah. Um, and part of the reason I do that is just because I fucking love the 419 so much, man. I like, and I do think that people from these sort of, you know, more uh, underdog energy kind of rust belt places. Yeah. They have, they have that underdog energy to them, right. Where they like, Absolutely. they, they might be, they might love a place begrudgingly, but they love it. And they're a lot more invested in it than somebody who is, um, you know, somewhere as a transient or as a tourist, um, that's, I I think that like with the big cities, like, you know, the top five, whatever, like the biggest Mm -hmm. ones, especially you, you get this dynamic of, you know, people will, will go there for three to five years, Mm -hmm. um, and either become really invested in it to the point where they stay there forever for whatever kind of crazy, uh, insane reason (laughs) (laughs) or, or or they or they fuck off and go back where they came from, right? And then they like they have the the plurality of experience and all the wisdom they gained and yada yada. The whole drinking from the fire hose that you do in those major cities, I think, is inherently unsustainable to most people, yes. especially people who aren't of like really high means, right? Like it's yes. hard to have it's hard to have fun in a big city for more than two three years unless you have fuck you money, like, right? Yeah, absolutely, like. <clears throat> Uh, having, I had Norm Brandon on the show and when, when he was on, he talked about the fact that like, like Texas is the reason, like the whole, you know, the, the, uh, the labels that recording them for them, that was meals because they were at a point in their lives where it was like, how the fuck do we keep paying for living in New York? 
And I think especially with, you know, like where, where you and I are from, like the cost of living is significantly cheaper than a major city. And sure so is. you've lived in that sort of, I don't want to say like a fixed economic scenario, but it's kind of a fixed scenario where like that inflation only affects these sort of areas so much. Yep. And, uh, but beyond that, you're just sort of living in this version of it. And then you go to a city, you go to a Chicago, you go to a New York, you go to an LA and you're like, what the fuck? That's how much this costs. Like, yeah, well you get out of that bubble. Shit's a lot different. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I try to get out to both New York and LA like twice a year for a week at a time. Right. Sure. Like my, my whole life is built around, um, being very modular and portable and yeah. just kind of doing whatever the fuck I want all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so like, but it, 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 it's, it kills me, man. Every time, like I figured out how to live on the cheap in those places just cause I'm like in my older age, become a very cheap dude. Yeah. Um, but like, it just, it's amazing just how expensive it is to just exist in those places just day to day. Yes. Um, even if you're not paying rent and especially if you are, especially if you are paying rent. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you're, you're, you know, once you, I don't know that people think of it in this context a lot, but once you pay rent or you, you are paying for a, a mortgage, you've also got all the other things that come with that. You don't just get the house and all the other shit works. You know, it's, it's paying it's life. You're paying for life. You're paying for life. Yeah. And as fucked up as that is, because capitalism is fucked up, it's what we're in. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, and you just gotta capitalism's fucked up, and you just gotta like choose your preferred path through it, however you can. Right? That's exactly like, right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's a whole that's a whole other podcast we can yes, do. <laughs> yes, it is. So uh, yeah. So how do you, uh, how does, how does punk rock and hardcore and, and all of that enter into your life? Man, I love, I've never gotten to tell a fucking this, I guess I've told the versions of the origin story, but at the end of the day, um, my path into it is sort of like a one, two punch, uh, like everybody. So I was born in 1989, full disclosure. I'm, old-ish uh so but like everybody in my immediate age cohort seems to say um is that it was the tony hawk's pro skater games that were my first on-ramp to to punk hardcore heavy heavy music in general absolutely Um, that i hear that from almost anyone i speak to that's of your age uh, of your generation that is that's the gateway yeah now i think the more interesting part i think the part that had a more uh, more unique and lasting effect on me was that right around that same time, like right around like 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. I got into, uh, I started riding BMX. I was a pretty, pretty avid BMX dude for about four or five years mm-hmm. there in my early teens. And BMX video soundtracks were like the yeah. huge on rap. <laughs> and that was how that was how I discovered like all the good shit, right? Like yeah. that's how I discovered the A team stuff. Like immediately got on ramps to like hot water and cave in and Sam, I am and grade and all, all this really, really dope stuff. Yeah. And in a way, you know, Wes, I'm thankful for that because um, I feel like a lot of people have this necessary phase of their <laughs> musical coming of age where they, where they, they have to, you know, wade around in a lot of, you know, mall punk 
um, mm. for lack of better words, right? Like I feel like everybody, most other people that I know have like a really pronounced like epithet phase, right? And there's, sure. there's some great sure. shit on those labels, yeah. but like that was very much a part of the ecosystem um, that I feel like I got to largely sidestep because I had these like beautifully curated BMX video soundtracks out of the right. gate. Right. And so like, and like I found out about like shit like Fugazi and Jawbreaker at like a ridiculously young age mm. because of that. And that was, that was pretty cool. And so I think that had a lasting effect because, um, you know, hot water music was the band, the first band that really imprinted on me. And I, I think that they have been a pretty unifying influence on everything I've done musically, uh, as an adult. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I can tell you personally that band saved my life. So Yo, I, fuck yeah. <laughs> so that, uh, uh, and I got to tell Chuck and Chris that, and I got to hug and cry with Chuck. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 um, back when I saw them in 2011, same, similar situation, man. I was like, um, I bought that hot water bouncing soul split and Chuck was working in the fucking merch table and I had to have a, <laughs> I got to have a big moment with them and that was, yeah. it was great. Uh, it must've been fucking super lit um for you having uh brian mcturnan on the pod a little while oh. back because you know he's so instrumental in fucking uh making all that shit happen and he's such a he's, he's a, become such a fucking vocal advocate for mental health stuff oh, too. he he me like that man i love brian i love him he i appreciate that man in ways i can't possibly explain be well it, that band is uh, literally like uh, after therapy after my therapy sessions, I put on, I put on the weight and the cost and I go take yeah. a walk because that, that record helps me exercise a lot of these emotions. I'm, I am, I, I am in, like, you know, we're talking about hot water and it's funny because, and you know, particularly with mental health, there are bands like that, that like, there's an earnestness to bands. Like, you know, like you mentioned, like the difference between Tony Hawk pro skater soundtrack, as opposed to like a BMX sound uh, video soundtrack is that, you're going to get a little more of the raw stuff, like the stuff that like totally the hot water music, the Sam I am's the those bands that are like instrumental in my life. <clears throat> and it, you know, have still to this day, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'll be 42 in a couple of weeks and those bands are still, you look, you look great, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <thanks>. <laughs> you look like you're in your early thirties. What the fuck? <laughs> I had no idea. God. Yeah. I got 10 years. You said 89. I was like, I got 10 years or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, uh, those bands, there was such an earnestness. It's funny because you and I are from the Midwest and hot water music sounds like dudes we know. And you, you know yes. what I mean when I say that, right? They sound like the dudes we know look like, and mm-hmm. they, they sound like the guys, the, the, the bands that were around, the people were around. Like when I hear hot water and I hear, Leatherface and I hear uh, Gun Mall and bands like anything on No Idea. I'm I'm always like, yeah. how how Flor- Florida? That shit's here. Like they sound like they're supposed to be from here. Like that's well, the the fucking. Fu- I just got back from Fest a little bit ago. And the yeah. funny thing about the funny thing about Gainesville, dude, is Gainesville just Gainesville is like fucking. Ye- it's like yeehaw kalamazoo dude. it's like it's like you took a town straight out of michigan and just plopped it into florida yeah and yeah. so like i think it's funny that that place has been a wellspring for so much of the stuff that midwestern people glom onto yeah because it is a it is a it's just a midwestern town with fucking palm trees in it like yes it was from where i sit yeah i mean florida florida in and of itself there's a huge portion of florida that is just as 
as rednecky as anything through here. You know, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just, you know, like you said, it's just got palm trees and alligators. That's the difference. Yep. Um, yeah. So you brought something up too, that I wanted to hit on. Cause your, your generation had was steeped into the warped tour. Um, I hate saying hot topic because like, there's nothing wrong with hot topic. It's a retail establishment, but like that warped tour, hot topic, epifat, like that sound, but not even epitaph and fat records so much as like warp tour and hot topic sort of, I, I think of bands synonymously with that. Do you, you, yeah, you know no, I mean? absolutely. Yeah. Same. Yeah, absolutely. Hot topic is like, um, I, I've, I've exploded the term out to just mall emo because that seems to be like yeah. the vernacular yeah. term, but I think of the, the root, the root note of that mall is, is the hot topic store. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you look at bands like, you know, and I like, and I'm just throwing names up as they come to me, a band like a taking back Sunday or, um, Hawthorne Heights, that sort of stuff. That's kind of synonymous with a certain sound. And generationally you were veering elsewhere. You were, you were, you were navigating towards like hot water, Sam, I am grade that sort of, that sort of sound. So did you, was it a thing where like my friends like this, but man, these, this, this shit seems so much more real to me. I'm going to go check this out, man. I, it's weird. Like I never really had a, I never really had like a friend cohort, like throughout my, my youth, man. Uh, I never had, I was always the, the token punk in my mm. circle of friends for mm. a really yeah. long time. Yeah, I they're just I I went to like a really small close knit Catholic school and I was always just the weirdo with the chain wallet. Sure. Um, and I think that that sort of allowed me to march the beat of my own drum yeah. and not feel like too much of a weirdo. Like I didn't become friends with other punks till I was legitimately like in my early twenties. Like yeah. until I start until I became good pals with like. Mark and Craig, uh, from shitty neighbors yeah. in like 2011. Um, I didn't really have, I wasn't really friends with other punks at like any, any reasonable scale. I was always just the token punk in my friend group. Uh, so with the exception of like my BMX friends who were, you know, mostly BMX dudes are generally kind of more into, at least at the time were kind of more into like classic rock and hair metal. Okay. So even then I was sort of like the token token dude who liked punk and post hardcore and shit. Yeah. Um, so there was never really a divergence uh, I mean, that, that's, that is, that's not to say I didn't, you know, spend a lot of time sitting in garages, smoking cigs, listening to fucking, uh, you know, asking Alexandria a little yeah, more than I sure. wanted to because sure. of my peer, my peer group. Um, and just sort of how, how mainstream shit like that was, you know, in the two thousands when I was in high school. Absolutely. But, yeah. um, but I, I, up until my early twenties, I was always just a token punk. And then I finally found other punks to really be friends with and i keep a pretty wide circle of punks now yeah <laughs> so yeah i um i was i was telling my wife that i i've been doing this thing where i've been going back and listening to bands that either like i was too i i would i had aged out or um or like i was at a point where i'm like i'm not gonna that's not for me. I'm not going to listen to that. And like, or it is also that elitist bullshit that comes with it where you're like, I'm not going to fucking listen to that. Like why? Cause buddy had said not to fuck off. Right. But, and that's exactly what I was doing because I was an asshole in my twenties 
early 20s who was in a band and drunk all the time and taking pills from whoever given to me i was a dickhead moron like of course i would dismiss things and everybody's got to go through that phase yes we all have to be dickheads and yep. so i i've gone back and i i listen to stuff that I, I, it's a thing where i'm like okay so technically there's no reason i shouldn't like this record so i listened to like the first taking back sunday record all the way through and i was like i really okay all right okay Dude, yeah it's a good absolutely- record an absolutely god tier record, and yes, you yes. know what? It's proving out. It, it took a long time for that record to prove out to be really influential, but yeah. it is now proving out to be very fucking influential because absolutely. you're seeing this entire you're seeing this entire wave of melodic bands come out of Long Island now mm. that are uh, you know like Gen, Gen Z kids yes. who grew up on Taking Back Sunday and Silent Majority. And just want to sound like those bands yeah. in movie life, right? And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Vinny. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Vinny. Um, Vinny. Also, talk, talking of mention, uh, talking of fucking people in the music business who are nice as fuck. Vinny is the nicest dude in the goddamn biz, hands down. We're trying to schedule him. It's our schedule. Like we've had a hard time. We keep missing, but I'm going to get him on here. Um, fucking nicest guy I've ever met in music, real, man. Real sweethearts. Uh, the that, so yeah, like taking back Sunday, I listen to that now, and I'm like, this is great. This is a great fucking record. The, the, and then I'll like, so one band I've never dug, and I should, I'm supposed to, and I've never liked Thursday. And I went back, and I'm like, I'm gonna try it again. I'm gonna try it again. And I listen, and I strip everything away. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like take the biases away of like Norman Brandon is playing guitar for them right now. So I should love them because Texas is the reason is is you know. It's part of the fiber of who I am. Yeah. And, and uh, I listen to it and I just can't. It do, it's, it's his vocal. It doesn't work for me. And I feel, I feel terrible, but it doesn't work for me. It's, it's good to be honest with yourself about those kinds of things, man. Like yeah. um, thir- Thursday, Thursday were like a, an origin band for me, sure. man. They were like in probably the inaugural, maybe 10 bands I discovered. And so like, they're always going to have a special place in my heart. But yeah, I think that, I think that so much of people's relationship with that band is driven by the fact that for a lot of people, it was the fucking seventh or eighth band they discovered. And like, um, especially for people in my age cohort, like, um, Focal Apps and we're all the time were foundational records. Absolutely. Those, those fucking records were the soundtrack to, like the summer after middle school for me. Right. And I think like a lot of people had really similar experiences with stuff from that era. And so I think Thursday falls in that tent. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a profound era because what came before it wasn't as commercially successful, but it was so had such an impact. The bands that like those first wave for me, like Texas is the reason and, and Sam, I am and, Game Face and Far Side and all these bands have been, like that I've had on here, <laughs> like that were, like don't get the recognition the the Game Faces and the Far Sides and the Sense Fields that it's like man, these fucking bands <laughs> were so crucial and Thursday were a band that took that seriously and we're like that shit mm-hmm. made made us want to do this and that is where even if i don't listen to their records i'm always going to have a a a, a great deal of respect for thursday because of where they came from what their influences were and and honestly like contributions to music 
that's they're, they they were they're a great band. Um, just that cohort of victor of the melodic victory bands. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the '90s victory hardcore bands were influential to yeah. hardcore, but yeah. the thing, the escape velocity that those melodic turn of the millennium victory bands had, um, and the level of influential that they were. Um, yeah, I talk about I talk to people about grade all the time, and I'm like, mm. y'all motherfuckers realize that, like, if grade hadn't made under the radar. Modern music would sound way different. I agree with like, you. I agree. They were the, they were the they were the band that they were the first band on, to on an elevated platform do screaming and clean singing in one band. Absolutely, and in the same song. Yeah, like, and I don't crucial. count. Like I know people throw out some of those hardcore bands like Mouthpiece or Turning Point or Fast Break that had element had that kind of clean. But that was more of a yell. There wasn't a lot of screaming yeah. going on in those bands. And grade, grade's not a name that comes up nearly enough. But under the radar is like, why does fucked up work? Probably like Dave. When I think of Damien's vocal with fucked up, grade is a is that that record kind of gives you the 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 path to do that. Yeah. Same Word. thing with Comeback Kid, right? Yes, like the, yes. The, uh, the complete other side of the coin, right? Like yeah. the can, Canadian modern hardcore coin is, um, you know, fucking fucked up on the head side and <laughs> Comeback Kid on the tail side. Absolutely. You get, you get neither of those bands without Grade. Like, Absolutely. Grade, grade effectively spun up a whole um, squadron of wannabe bands of which... Comeback Kid and Silverstein were the most prominent, and those bands just very so in a very self-professed way loved great and wanted to be great. Yeah, and look how fucking meteoric and successful those bands became. It's I it's man those I think about those bands because I I and that's a, I feel like it says something about me that those bands are my favorites, the first ones in the door, because it's like yeah yeah, but they didn't sell as many records, and it, it like I'm like is that a, is that an extension of who I am as like never quite got there guy like <laughs> i don't know I, oh my I, gosh <laughs> i think i think that same thing about myself all the time so <laughs> you get what you're I mean. in good company good yeah. good um so when when do you start picking up instruments and going okay yeah let's 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 do this man it's funny because um i've actually been playing the drums on and off uh for about 28 years oh okay <laughs> um, I, when i was 4 um I started banging on shit. And so my parents bought me a snare drum. <laughs> um, and that was way prior to, you know, me disco- discovering anything besides classic rock. Right. That being said, I like really liked the who and cream and, you know, had, had some good foundational drummers. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, that, that is to say, I'm a, I'm a drummer at my core. Um, yeah. There's, there's obviously a very real drummer to singer pipeline. Um, and so I, I sort of, you know, I took some lessons, had a, you know, on again, off again relationship with drumming for most of my childhood. I tried being in band that was too structured. I hate authority, uh, you know, classic shit. Um, tail end of high school, I start picking up guitar. Um, and my best friend in high school was like a very good drummer and he and some other guys and I started like a, uh, a math core band called violent horse. Okay, uh, and that was the first first documented band that I was ever in. I, I did okay. guitar and uh, and and Scram's Vox in that 
band is a funny, funny band, but I still have the audio. It got, it got nuked in the MySpace uh, extinction, ah. but I still have the files <laughs> on my computer and in a Google Drive. Um, I'm gonna release it at some point just for the sh- fucking shit of it. But really funny, you know, kind of sassy math core stuff with just Tom Clancy excerpts as lyrics. So <laughs> super out of the time, super 2006. It's very um, yeah. <laughs> um, and so when I was I stuck with the guitar thing for a little bit, but it never really lit my fire. Um, I did a little bit of guitar work in the next band that I was in called, uh, it was a band I was in for pretty much the duration of college called human cargo. Um, with a, a few, a few fellows, including a guy named John Shields who continues to be like New York city's hardest working, um, punk, uh, in terms of just musical output. Yeah. Um, he's does, a bajillion things including a, a project called depressed mode that is really good um yeah so i did that mostly uh, mostly on the drums and continued to be mostly a drummer for quite a while um, okay when i moved to chicago in 2013 i did like basically a grad school length hiatus for music um and then some other northwest ohio to Chicago expats and I started a band called dark beer. Uh, that's a band where I'm on drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have one record. It's on all streaming. It's called gap year. You should check it out. It's decently capably executed like super chunk worship. Yes. Um, it, 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 and, in, a, in a good way. It, uh, and I, you'll get this. It is absolutely super chunk worship filtered through, um, a Midwest cold weather sensibility. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's got, okay. it's got a huge, like get early get up kids energy too. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so through that, the guitarist of that, Zach and I, um, banded up with a couple other guys we know from various, there's a whole fucking web of lineage, right. Of like how all these people know each other. Mm-hmm. We can do a whole fucking podcast about it. Um, <laughs> we decided we wanted to do something a little more aggressive and um, started Oscar bait at the twilight of 2015. Um, Made it. We immediately established the core values of the band, which I think as a band of aging dudes is really important. Mm. We immediately established that we wanted it to be zero stress for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. We wanted it to be all about fun Mm. We wanted to write short, fast songs and be really prolific. Yep. Um, and we wanted to be friends first and a band second. I love it. Right? Yep. Um, and we've been a band for um, pushing six years now. It'll be six years next month. And we've put out, we've put out five things and some of it, some of it good. <laughs> um, yeah. But the thing is that we, we, we know our place in the world. We know exactly what we want out of the experience. We know we're not going to, we're, we know we're, we're not, we're not a touring band and we're not from the Bay area or Long Island. So we're not going to blow right. up. Right. Um, yeah. We know that we're a band that wants to make a record every two years, play three to four really lit shows a year. Um, and have like a devoted cult fan base and we've achieved all those things and we have a lot of fun doing it. And so that sort of takes us to the present day. 
Um, I actually, a year ago, um, started a new band that has been putting some stuff out slowly based out of Toledo called Cobra Pit. And that is a band that I play drums in. And that is uh, members of Shitty Neighbors and The Fight Within. Okay. Uh, and and uh, Joel, who is has a weird sort of triangular relationship between Northwest Ohio, Albuquerque, and L.A. He was in a Daisy Chain of Projects out in L.A., um, No State, Nine Necks, things like that. So if you happen to have heard of those bands, yeah, Joel's in Cobra Pit now, and he's like the main songwriter and uh, vocalist. And that's that's been really fun. We've been you know, recording little two banger singles at, uh, with JC Griffin over at Lake bottom, uh, on the West side of Toledo and having a lot of fun doing it. Played a few shows, uh, played a really lit show at Iowa Tavern last month. Uh, the house tours record release. Yes. Um, want to keep doing stuff, uh, in talks to put on some really cool shit early in the year. And, Oscar Ray just um, just nailed down, and this is my first time going public with this information, and so I hope I don't get fucking hosed for it. Um, we're going to be having our, our record release show uh, February 19th at the Cobra Lounge in, in Chicago. Um, it's a joint, joint effort uh, with Sue Sayer, Hot Sauce, our, our biggest homies, um, that's going to be a fundraiser hot dog eating contest with betting uh, <laughs> proceeds benefit this really, really cool organization called my block, my hood, my city. And on that bill with us are our homies, family medicine out of St. Louis, um, two houses in Chicago college rock legends, um, Jeff Schaller and the long way home, which is just gin blossoms. And nice. nice. And we've got Nora Marks, who are this really cool Joyce Manor sounding band out of okay. Chicago. We we ride super hard for. They're really good friends of ours. So um, that was a lot of that was a lot of class, ex- but all useful all useful information. I think. <laughs> very and useful. probably the chase we were trying to cut to anyway. So <laughs> no, it's very exciting. Um, so there's there's a connection here, like like between shitty neighbors, Oscar Bait, um, Little Elephant, like. There's this weird now circuit of of you guys that are running kind of Chicago Toledo back and forth, and what 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 do you like in that too? Like what is, what is causing that? Like is, is it is it just like the is there is it the Midwest connectivity or it's it's honestly a lot of it is predicated on the fact that Mark Metzger and I are best friends. Like okay. that, that is really the engine of it. And Mark, Mark and I are both really make shit happen kind of guys. Yeah. And so, um, Mark and I became super good pals shortly before I moved up to Chicago. And so we just maintained this rapport this entire time. Mm-hmm. And, um, once I started doing bands, Zach is also a Northwest Ohio. He, he and I went to both went to Bowling Green. We were, okay. He was a generation behind me there, but he ended up out in Chicago, not, not too long after me. Mm-hmm. And so he, he and I started doing bands together and he had the, the connection to little wealth and shitty neighbors, that whole ecosystem as well. Yeah. And we just yeah. decided like, 
we want to bring you guys out to Chicago as much as possible. We want to establish, you know, a regionality of the scene. Yeah. Right. Um, I think what, what accelerates the matter is that we know hella people in Fort Wayne. Um, Ryan Kerr is a really good buddy of ours. Great. Okay. Uh, he does super good. I, I nominally it's folk punk, but it's so much better than that. <laughs> uh, really amazing dude. Check out Ryan Kerr. He's unfucking believable. He's just like this, this dude from rural Indiana near Fort Wayne who just like has this enormous family and just does whatever the fuck he wants. He's amazing. I love that. Um, <laughs> and also Brandon, the drummer in Oscar bait drums in a band called lost years. It's based out of Gary. Okay. And so there is just sort of this kind of chain of connection, um, yeah. ranging from Chicago now all the way to Cleveland because Zach and his wife, uh, in the middle of the pandemic bought a house in, in Lakewood. And so oh. there's a, there's a, there's a contingent of, uh, very familiar with Lakewood in Cleveland too. And Adam, the vocalist of dark beer also lives in Cleveland. So, okay. um, okay. it's all, it's just a, we're basically just trying to build a snake <laughs> across yeah. as much yeah. of the Rust Belt as we can, because, you know, I think that the, I've seen, you just, you see it all the time scenes benefit a lot from having strong regionality, right? Absolutely. It's one of the reasons that bands in, you know, the Bay area or in like, the high, the, yeah. in on the East coast, anywhere have a way, I don't want to say easier time because there is always the grind, but yep. there are way more opportunities to pop off there are way more opportunities to actually work hard because the infrastructure exists. Right. And right. I think that I it's so important to, to, you know, to hold our spot in the world down and with pride, uh, you know, really do honest work to establish some, some regionality of a scene. Uh, because one of the things that gets in the way of, uh, the Midwest is that we don't have any of these giant regional mega scenes. No. Um, and that, we really would benefit from it. So slowly, but surely trying to contribute that to that in as profound and honest a way as possible. And, yeah. You know, uh, excited to see what the future holds for that. I, and what I like about it too, is it reminds me a lot of like what, when you think of like the previous generations of like, whether it's the touch and go records thing or the necros misfits, negative approach, like that whole connection there, like it's a very similar thing. And I, I think it's exciting to know that like, there's, you know, there's these bands that are, are doing it and building, building their own pipeline that they can travel back and forth through and not giving a fuck about any of the noise on the outside of the pipe. And I, I gotta tell you, like whenever I, cause I I've mentioned several people have been guests on here. I've mentioned Oscar Bate and shitty neighbors too, because I can tell you as a guy who's got a few years on you, Oscar Bate and shitty neighbors just give me all of these warm, beautiful feelings. Oh, I, that's, it, that's amazing to hear because, um, you know, I think that yeah, shitty neighbors are my fucking straight up my favorite band. Sure, um, man. Like putting, putting friendship biases aside, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter that I got a decade plus of friendship under my belt <laughs> with those dudes. Like they're, they're, they're great dudes. Um, for as much as I like them uh, as dudes, they're an incredible band. And so to be mentioned in the same breath as them is very cool. Yeah. Um, and I, I, and I mean, and I, I, I will say too, that I always claim you guys as one of ours, Oscar baby, yeah. even like I claim you guys as 
Like that's one of our bands. They're from here. <laughs> no, well, I mean, we ostensibly are, right? Because Zach and yeah. I fucking met. Zach and I met in Northwest Ohio, and um, so like that's that is ultimately the genesis of, of of where we're from. What when you think of like when you come back here or play in this area, what uh, what bands? You know, I, you know, shitty neighbors aside, obviously, what bands do you? think are like really great representations of like the Toledo Bowling Green, Northwest Ohio scene or area. Cause I can't even call it, we can't call it a scene per se. It's not, it's not one of these things where it's like, Hey, lifetime was from here. And now there's a million bands. Like it's, it's different. It's not the same. Right. No, I mean, I think that as far as, you know, obviously the, the people, the, the band that is, there are the, the top of the masthead hometown heroes are obviously citizen, right? Of course. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. No, no question about that. And it's cool because they came up for ultimately came up through the same infrastructure that everybody else did. Yeah. Um, and now that they're, now they're, they're really starting to like Nick is booking shows at the Ottawa Tavern and stuff. And they're really yeah. starting to be able to contribute in a profound way to the scene, which is really cool. Um, they did that super cool Adam street block party thing in September. Yeah. That was a super lit time. Um, I, I, the, the beautiful thing about Northwest Ohio, uh, right now is that there, it's a microcosm of, you know, punk and heavy music in general, uh, because there is something pretty good for just about everybody, <laughs> right? Like yeah. you have fucking everything from humid who play like, they're like dudes in their early twenties playing stuff that sounds like dead guy. Right. Um, you have Hanging Fortress, which is like, and, and Mutilatred, who both play like different flavors of death metal. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Take Weight, who are, they have overlapping members with a few other bands, including Shitty Neighbors. And they, they play stuff that sounds like sort of like a more skate punk version of Good Clean Fun. Sure. Um, I really, really enjoy House Tours. We'd be they're holding down the they're holding down like the twinkly kind of classically midwestern emo contingent sure of sound um another sort of new uh newer wave uh gen z band that i i've gotten super tight with is nicotated they're based out of uh adrian michigan okay. and like and so they've they've been really really fun to I'm looking forward to booking some shows with them soon. And, you know, like that only scratches the surface bone folder. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Obviously a really great example outside. And, um, you know, every band I've mentioned, you know, if you haven't listened to them and checked them out, every band I've mentioned sounds wildly different from each other. Yes. Um, yes. And what I'm looking forward to, that's to say nothing of, you know, their, there's just so much good stuff. I couldn't even mention it all in, in close to one breath. Right. Um, it's very, it's a very, very cool time to have any kind of claim on this area. Like there is some incredibly lit stuff happening. And I I genuinely think this is only the beginning. I, I'm I, very I excited to see <laughs> yeah. what happens. And what, what's cool is there are bands that are from Northwest Ohio that, I don't know that they always get attributed to here. Like five horse Johnson has toured the world. 
Yes. Like Eric plays on fucking clutch records. Like he yeah, has no slouch, man. <laughs> or well, or like the I Matt, think that Matt Truman ego trip. That's another absolutely. like remark. Like I always tell him this because I always tell people like the 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 only rock star I know know is Matt Truman. Because Matt Truman's a fucking, fucking rock star to me. Yeah. I I dude, I I love Matt Truman so much, man. I fucking he is low key such an influence on me he's the uh, best because i because dude i i have such a strong claim on the on the gen x uh cohort of northwest ohio bands because mm-hmm. um i grew up next to joel from stylex ah, like okay. um <laughs> and like that I, I fucking came up going to Stylex shows. Stylex broke up when I was a senior in high school, like mm-hmm. the whole fucking thing. So Matt Truman and Matt Truman ego trip are such an amazing enduring force because they've been a band for like 20 fucking years. Yeah, man. Like that's insane. And yeah. like, Matt is just the coolest dude. And he is, um, uh, with no pretension, just the most naturally effortlessly fucking cool dude. Without um, and I, I hope he hears this. Uh, oh, I'll tell him we talked Truman. about him. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I always say he's. A, I always tell people like, no, that's a rock star that I that's from my area. Matt Truman's yep. a rock star. Like, well, how many how many dudes you know? Could you you could say like he's like Prince, but also like Red Cross, but also kind of like Jellyfish, but then also like adult contemporary like you you can't say that about anyone else that you you encounter musically what i i think that being being from this part of the country does a really unique and interesting thing to you as far mm-hmm. as what you think is possible yes. musically i sort of i feel like there is people people from this part of the country end up being pretty dangerous because we don't have any pretensions and we also don't have any assumptions holding us back. Absolutely. Right. And so yes. like we're left to just blaze our own fucking trail in the world. A, yeah. a, a really, really great example of that. I claim them into this region because they live on the coast of a great lake yeah. is every time I die. Right. Sure. We'll take like, them. Yeah. They're, they're, a, they're a band <laughs> that, has has gotten to where they are which at this point is the greatest most enduring american rock band of all time mm-hmm. um by completely fucking disobeying every single rule in the book yes. and you have to you have to have that rust belt um underdog energy in order to even conceive of that kind of ener- that kind of life being possible Absolutely. like he straight up straight up says like out of the whole state that like the reason that they got ahead was because they were willing to work dumber than other people. It's mm. not always about working smarter. Yeah. Working smarter is great. If you've got fucking wind behind your sails, right. but sometimes you need to be stupider than everybody. Yeah. You have to, there, there are times and it's not brought up enough. There are times where it's just good to be blind to the world and go, yep. I don't care what, what that's. I don't care that that's happening. This is what we're doing. And let's see how long we can keep this fire lit. And I like it, I, every time I die is one of those bands that has that. Uh, it, it's the same thing that made Motorhead or Iron Maiden enduring because the radio wasn't helping them. Oh. You, you, the, you, like they, they were getting that sort of 
the, the covers their peers were. It was just this, this incessant need to just fucking go. Let's go and let's keep making these records. And it works. It doesn't work for everybody. But for an every time I die, it, it that's what makes them so beloved. That it that's right. They stayed the course, man. I fucking I that new record. How is it? How are you a band that long and, and that record's that good? I'm just dude, it's their best record. Like I'm baffled. And, and it's they have been making their best record yet consistently for the last seven years now. Right. It blows my right. fucking mind. Like, yeah. and I would argue that like I would argue that there's just pure linearity to their, to their discography. I don't like New Junk and X Lives as much as the other records, sure. but that's probably a personal problem. And from an objective standpoint, there's probably just linearity upward in their sure. discography, which is nuts. Like yeah. it's legitimately nuts. Yeah, they've been a band for 23 years. Yeah, and it's just been hit after hit. I, it's fucking. God, God bless those boys. They're yeah. the, the best in the biz. And it has, they have a different trajectory than like, as we were talking about hot water music, like right. there, there is a, like as, as important as that band is to me without Wallard, those records, they, they're missing a piece of their essence. Yep. And, and those records without Chris, that, that hunk of their essence missing is audible you can you can physically hear like it's not the same and i that makes me really excited about this new record yeah he's back and i want to see like is you know is the essence back whereas with like every time i die like you said every new record is the best record they've released not not every band can claim that after 10 years let alone 20 plus yeah it's it's fucking nuts man um I'm also really excited for that new Hot Water record, man. Yeah. Uh, that I, I will say that I, I saw them twice at Fest because I had to. Yeah. Opportunity strikes to see Hot Water live yeah. twice in a weekend. You got to do it. And uh, it was my first time seeing the Cresswell variant of Hot Water oh. live. And I got to say that fucking Cresswell does an incredible job. Flat, like, the, no the, question. The Flatliners are such an odd band, aren't they? Yeah. They that, sure are. What a weird catalog of music where you're like, wait, it's the same band? Okay. Yeah, I, it's 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 wild. Choose yeah. your own adventure. Yes, it is. I'm taking my son to see Hot Water uh next year. So he'll get oh, to ex- yeah. get to experience a bunch of like middle-aged dudes with beards getting weepy at a fucking <laughs> when they're playing no division. It, <laughs> it is, it doesn't yeah. get any better. Um so one thing like I know uh like, and I know you understand this, like, and it's a big part of this show. And now it's kind of even becoming a, a, a larger part of where the future of the show will go is, is music has a very direct effect on mental health and musicians are often, um, <clears throat> mental health is, is a, is a, um, a stimulant and a deterrent in, in their art. And, I, I want to know uh, as somebody that continues to be inspired to create what, uh, what, what does this do? What effect does creating music have on your mental health? And, and what are the factors that are, are, are pushing and pulling in those different directions for you? I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned the push pull dynamic because it's very much, <laughs> very much crucial. Uh, I, I, one of the reasons I started Oscar bait was because I knew that I needed to have an active channel, uh, to talk about, um, you know, and what I say is a 
what I would say is a pretty impressionistic way about the, you know, my mental landscape and the stories and history that have affected me uh, and that have shaped me into the person I've become. And then the most, the most recent record, everything louder than everything else is literally an album about um, my world falling apart because of how fucked up I was and Mm -hmm. me rebuilding it. Uh, Again, impressionistically, you don't necessarily, get that literally from the songs but that's what all those songs are about and it was written during that period um there's been a it's it's an immovable enormous relationship between mental health and this this band um and i'm so thankful for zach and brandon and nick because they've uh, you know in this very mutualistic very symbiotic relationship that we have as a band they've given me the platform and the opportunity to talk about the you know very complicated and lonely path that um i've been on mm-hmm. uh, as a as you as a guy you know who is in recovery from both you know bipolar disorder and alcoholism right uh and just being a balls to the wall addict in general mm. um they they've given me a space and this band has given me an opportunity and a platform to to talk about that candidly right. you know however impressionistic and writerly i get like i'm getting those things out there and that's an extremely meaningful channel um i obviously like everybody who's into punk and hardcore i got into it because i felt like a fucking weirdo Mm -hmm. and it has certainly perpetuated me choosing the lifestyle and making all the you know turns in the road that i have because of it because of my commitment to it has isolated me more and made me feel more like a weirdo but the cool thing um, about being this pot committed to the the music and the lifestyle is that you have a, you have a community. You never have to be alone. Yes. Right. And so I'm super thankful that we got to make this record and I'm super thankful that, you know, some people are hearing it and receiving it because this is not only is this record an artist statement from us as a band, it's the most complete work we've put out. Yes. Um, but it was an opportunity for me to talk as candidly as I could about the entire journey of basically dying and being reborn again, which is very much what 2018 to present has been. Um, and so if you have, if you've listened to the record, if you haven't listened to the record yet, I encourage you to go into it with those, those years. Cause it's, uh, it's a trying, it's, it's me trying my best to be open and candid and say, like, if you're, if you're fucking feeling this way and going through, through some of this shit, like you're certainly not alone because I'm telling you these weird ass stories that couple in, um, and me telling you these stories should be inspiration for you to tell your own, own story about it as well. Right. And I, I, I love that you, um, and you use your platforms, not just your music, you know, your social media presence, you, you do use to, uh, in between, like, uh, in, in between a, a barrage of memes that I, yeah, I, like that I soak in every day. Uh, you also do discuss sobriety. You you know you address yep. your sobriety, and um, I, it sobriety as as I know it for my friends that uh, that that are clean and sober. Um, sobriety can be a very isolating place, and oh, per- particularly yeah, yeah. It's the loneliest shit in the fucking world. Yes, and particularly uh, in music, and particularly in our world, in punk and hardcore and emo and post hardcore. Like this world is very like 
chemically driven <laughs> world. Yeah, it's very very gin soaked. <laughs> yes, uh, it is. Put, yeah. it, put it that way. Yeah, and and to to know to, you know to address that from the perspective of this is this is a disease, and I have to I have to take care of this disease. I have to take care of this illness. Um, it it's a uh, as I often say in terms of discussing mental health. People don't want to talk about it because it's not fun to talk about. It's no. ugly. And I don't want to talk about that. That's a fucking drag, man. Well, it's my fucking existence. And yeah. and I have to, I live with this. And I think that you're using that platform. And 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 with the new Oscar bait record, I think it does, it, it opens up anytime someone is willing to step up and say like, hey, this is what I struggle with. It will affect at least one person that's seeing or hearing those words. For sure. Well, and that's the, been the coolest thing about one of the reasons that I'm so I'm not candid about, you know, much about my my real life on social media, yeah. largely deliberately. I, I stay pretty shrouded in some level of mystery. But the one thing that I'm very masked off on main about is sobriety, because, yeah, man, I cannot tell you how many fucking people have slid into my DM as being like, bro, like let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> and how many, how many other people taking the journey, um, or even considering taking the journey that I've inspired just by being candid. And, you know, I wouldn't be where I am like nearly two years sober with, without really a looking back, uh, without like an, a, an enormously helpful network of, of mentors yeah. too. Right. Like, yeah. um, I, I think it's, it's super crucial to, put yourself out there and put yourself out there in multiple channels, um, that are so that you can be as digestible as possible by as, as many people. And what I hope is that the, the record serves that purpose in some meaningful way. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jim, I, uh, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, this will not be our last conversation on this show. No. And I'm going to say that this is definitely not our last conversation in real life because I fucking love talking to you. I, I Dude, feel like likewise, I'm, this has been great. I feel like we've known each other for 20 years and, uh, and, amazing. and the likelihood that we've probably crossed as ships in the night somewhere is pretty probable. And we'll, we can yep. talk about that after this, but, um, absolutely. Where, where can everybody keep up with you? Keep up with all things, uh, all things, Jim, but also, also all things Oscar Bay. Where can they keep up with that? So, um, oscarbait.bandcamp.com, uh, oscarbait on all of the, uh, on all the streaming platforms, um, go to littleelephantlive.com, pick up a copy of our record, check out their whole catalog, mm -hmm. um, check out any of the bands that I've mentioned, um, me, if you want to give me a follow on social media. Like, so I, let's backtrack for a second. Oscarbait is just oscarbait, C-H-I on all yep cross platform me um i am uh jim cack house on facebook uh i go super hard on twitter these days i'm nick hexam 311 on there and then i'm nick hexam 311 spelled out on instagram if you like memes and shit posting and you know me brightening your day with my crazy guy energy then please give me a follow there i promise i will not disappoint you artisanal um, level shit post yeah artisanal. it's uh it's thank you thank you it's a <laughs> it's a dirty job but somebody's got to do it you know <laughs> and you so, do it well 
Thank you. Um, so obviously like, let's, let's be pals. Uh, the more importantly, you know, like if you see me at, at a gig, pull up, say hi, I'm probably wearing my regional (laughs) justice center hoodie, uh, because that's just my calling card these days. Um, pull up, let's be pals. Um, I genuinely enjoy meeting and getting to know other, uh, other weirdos who love music. That's great. Um, if you're, uh, lastly, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're struggling with mental health, you're thinking about thinking about sobriety, thinking about, you know, going toe to toe, duking up with a substance abuse issue. I'm always here. Um, I'm always here to talk. So, Look, not everybody is going to make that offer to you guys. So, so know that uh, not only is Oscar Bate going to going to scratch a real certain itch for you uh, musically, but uh, this dude is willing to talk to you if you're working through it. So, uh, so make sure you give them a follow. The new record is out right now on Little Elephants. I highly recommend it. It is one of my favorite albums of the year, hands oh, down. Thanks, man. That is uh, that will easily make uh, make that list for me. I I am telling you as somebody who consumes music all the fucking time, and you guys that listen to the show already know that because it's all I ever talk about. Please check out this new Oscar Bait record; it is tremendous, uh, my dude. This was so great. Uh, we're gonna dude, we're gonna wrap thank this. Thank you so much. I'm gonna say a proper goodbye, and we will talk to all of you guys next week.